Welcome to the Major League University Developmental Podcast. I am your host, Austin Byler. Today we bring another incredible guest onto the show ready to equip you with some actionable tools that you can implement into your life immediately. Major League University is a developmental baseball group focusing on the mental side of the game. Our mission is to help athletes and coaches of all backgrounds peak perform and maximize your life. Be sure to check us out at MajorLeagueUniversity.com and on all social media platforms at Major League University. I hope you find some value from this podcast that you can apply directly to your life. Our two-time champ, Matt Palmer. Once again, I'll give him a quick introduction, but really no introduction needed, man. This dude's an incredible human being. He's the FCA director in Arizona, mental health and mental skills coach specialist does a great thing with some high school athletes there in the Valley. You definitely got to check it out because it's impacting kids and impacting lives. And that's what this is all about, helping you prepare for that next level. He's also a high school coach at the Sunrise Mountain High School, my alma mater, somewhere that means a lot to me. We've got to know each other a lot in the past couple of years now. And our relationship's really just taken off, man. This guy's been a mentor to me, as I mentioned in the first podcast, and somebody who I look up to, somebody who I think you're going to get a lot of value from. And now that we're kind of switching gears into this developmental podcast, this is going to be huge. You're going to leave this podcast with a ton of tools, a ton of tips, and a ton of advice from people who have been through it, who are still going through it, and just somewhere that you can relate to and somebody that you can relate to. So I'm super excited to have you on the show again, Paul. Welcome back, my man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. I'm not sure I deserve uh, that that intro, but thankful to uh, to be your friend. Thankful to have a chance to to sit and chat for a while. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man. And just having you back, man. You deserve the best intro in the world, personally. <laughs> You've changed my life in so many ways that I'll always be grateful for. But that's beside the point, man. Let's get into this. We've got a lot to get into, and I want to give these viewers the most bang for their buck because you've got so much insight and and it's going to be huge for these guys. So let's start it off, man. We kind of hit on this in the pre-show talk, um, just kind of wearing different masks. So what does it mean to wear a mask? And what does that even mean in general? Like when you say, hey, we're wearing masks or or people in this world wear masks every day, whether it's fear, anxiety or or self-doubt, what does that exactly mean and how can you push through that? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll give my best shot at answering it. I think, you know, you think about Halloween, we dress up, we wear a mask. Uh, you know, catchers wear a mask for protection. I think those are probably the two, like, there's, there's probably some other stuff, arts and theater, you wear a mask, and that's probably appropriate. I, I think of this idea, and I, I speak from my own experience, so take it for what that that's worth. Uh, but I think if, if we really start to, to, to peel back our thought process of who we are, and, and how we show up in certain environments. I think, you know, for me, I found myself wearing wearing different masks, which means basically I was a different person in different environments. Like on, on the baseball field, I was one guy and I put on one mask or persona um, to, to fit that place. And, and, you know, when I turned into a coach, the same kind of thing. If I was a if I was at work, I'd have a certain mask on in, at work or a certain game face, whatever you want to call it. At home, I was a certain person at, at, at you know, with my friends, I was this person with, with, with each group that I was with, I found myself almost being a different person just to, to fit that environment instead of like, let's just be us. Like it, it, God's created us to be uniquely different and uniquely, you know, just crazy designed for purpose 
but I found myself as a, as a young kid, as a, as a college kid, as an adult, um, really trying to, to fit in and, and to fit in, you've probably got to wear some different masks. If your goal is to fit in and not just to be who you're supposed to be. So I don't know if I answered that, but I think a lot of it becomes like, man, let me, let me walk into a room or walk into a group and, and find out like, what's this thing all about? What are the norms? Like what's accepted here? And okay, I'm going to be that person to that group instead of just saying, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. I'm going to be who I am. And if this, and if this group or this, this, this set of people doesn't really accept me, then so what? But I spent so much of my life trying to, trying to mesh and fit and please and get approved. Um, I, I, I thankfully can say today, I look back and I'm like, man, um, I, I wore a lot of masks today. I know who I am. Uh, I'm unashamed of who I am. I'm unashamed of the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to be, be me. Uh, and that that's good enough for today. No, that's incredible, man. And we talk about these masks all the time and I kind of set you up on the wrong foot there, but it's, it's hard to explain in the question form, but you answered it perfectly. I mean, each day we wear masks, whether it's going in professional baseball and you're trying to look cool in front of the big leaguers. So you're a different person in a different version than your regular self, or you're say going into a church setting, but you're uncomfortable in that church setting. So you're trying to fit in and wear a different mask or going to the, you know, walking down the road and then you see somebody and, and you say something you probably shouldn't have said in front of a different group of people. But if you were with your family, you probably wouldn't say the exact same thing that you said in that situation. So you're wearing a different yep. mask, right? And just yep. kind of almost knowing who you are. That's so important in this life for each one of us to know who we are, know why we were created, and know there's a reason that we were created different. We all have unique, special abilities. And I believe that just once you find yourself, find who you are, you can accomplish anything in this world, man. And, and that goes into this next question and kind of topic, man, is what is the importance of having a why? And what does that mean? What does it mean to have a why? Yeah, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of guys doing a lot of good work around, around you know, discovering your why. What's your why? What's your purpose? Um, for me, I think like your why is what drives you. Um, your why is what, what, what motivates you, what pushes you forward. I think about it like this, like my, my why has to be big enough that when when I start to feel different than I did when I set that goal or set that that course, when I start to feel different, is it is it still big enough to keep me driving beyond how I feel in my current state? Right. Like sometimes our, our feelings play a lot of tricks on us. Our emotions can play tricks on us. I'm tired. I'm sore. I don't feel like doing this or whatever the excuse could come into play. Like the, the why has got to be greater than that. Like my, my why used to be to impact people. I was a leader in, in the business world. I was a leader in my family. Uh, I was a coach on a baseball field. And my goal was to, you know, I want to impact as many people and be a part of developing as many people as I possibly can. Um, two years ago when I went into ministry, my why got adjusted to say, I want to be a part of impacting as many people for the kingdom, allowing God to impact as many people through the work I get to do. So my why got adjusted to, to really fit this, this next season of my life or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's like, how, how many, how, how, how many people, um, can I, can I be a part of sharing what Jesus has done in my life and, and, and really just opening our eyes up to what purpose is and, and, and what, 
what's beyond probably what we think is possible a lot of times. Because if you would have told me two years ago, I'd be sitting here today working in ministry, having a conversation about Jesus on a podcast, I would have told you you're nuts. Uh, but here we go, you know? Get out of here, Palm. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, for real. No, man, that's, I mean, it's, it's very impactful. And people need to listen to this because they need to hear that. And they need to hear that whatever they're going through, they're not alone. We've all been through struggles. We've all been through anxiety, depression, and whatever that may look like, self-doubt. We've experienced that. The human brain is, it's a natural experience. I mean, we have the positive talk that comes into our brain and then the negative thoughts. And I think it's just discerning what's true from not true, what's right and what's not right, and making the right decisions to ultimately mold you into the person you want to become. And that's something I've learned from you is like, Dude, who cares what anybody thinks? Who cares if somebody judges you or or has something to say about what you're doing or the movement you're causing? Because you are who you want to be and who you were meant to be. And you're not always going to be where you want to be. This is one of my favorite things that you say. You're not always going to be where you want to be, but you're where you're supposed to be. And that's just, that's real. I mean, we're going through these struggles and I experienced it myself still to this day of, man, am I doing the right thing? Am am I putting myself out there enough? Am I getting through these situations? Am I doing everything I can to make myself successful and my family successful? And that's your why, man. That's really digging into what motivates you and what drives you in this world. So uh, I love it, man. I mean, it's it's so crucial to have a why and to have a purpose behind your actions because then it clears up that vision for your life, right? Yeah, I mean, inevitably, you're going to have stuff that derails your, your day or your week or your goals or your plan. And it's like, is the, is the why that I have big enough to, to keep carrying me through that? Obviously, faith is a huge part of that for me. And, and I, I'm a firm believer that the day you have is the day you're supposed to have. And you get to choose how you're going to respond inside of that. And that kind of frees it up to be like, all right, whatever whatever gets thrown at me today, let me let me do the best job I can at responding to this in a way um, that, that would, would really show I am who I am. Uh, but the why's got to be bigger than than obstacles. The why's got to be something that drives me beyond uh, what probably causes a lot of people to stop. Like, are, are you going to stop at the first roadblock? If you're a, if you're a young player and uh, you're a high school player and, and you, you're not starting, does that now turn into to I'm gonna I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a negative teammate. I'm gonna stop working. I'm gonna make excuses. I'm gonna go home and complain to my parents. Uh, or, or am I going to show up a little bit earlier? I'm going to, I'm going to get in some extra work. I'm going to do some stuff on my own. I'm going to carry myself in a way that says, you know what? Like now I got to be a good teammate first and take advantage of my opportunities when I get them. Uh, but we've got choices, right? As a coach, when you've got a kid that's not performing well, are you going to be the coach that writes the kid off and says, you know what? He hasn't done this. He hasn't done that. He hasn't done his job. He hasn't done what we asked him to, whatever you want to say. As a coach, we could we could make excuses the same way. As a parent, I could make excuses the same way. Or, you know, with with that kid that's struggling, that player that's struggling, am I going to say, you know what? Let me let me reach out to the kid. Let me let me stay connected. What can we do? What can how can we help? Let, let's start uncovering really what's going on, because at the end of, at the end of a lot of our our physical uh, our performance shortfalls. I would be willing to bet that the brain has an impactor on that, like the thoughts, the stories we tell ourselves, what goes on upstairs inhibits our performance far more than, than we'd like to probably give it credit to. So I think it's, it's like we got a choice. When obstacles pop up, am I going to keep pushing through this? And, and I think if, if the choice is to not keep pushing through, then your why is probably not big enough. Like my goals are if, if, if something derails me after one curveball, one speed bump, then maybe what you're you're chasing after or pursuing 
isn't isn't really big enough to begin with, and that probably takes a whole other evaluation process. So I don't think you asked me that qu question specifically, but that's that's where we went. No, I'm glad you went there because you, you're it leads perfectly into this next question that I have, man, and, and it talks about the emotions, and emotions really ultimately dictate our lives positively or negatively and indifferently, and I think that being able to harness your emotions, being yep. able to be aware of your emotions, be under control of your emotions at all times is crucial. And it's not going to be the same for everyone. There's going to be times where we get pissed or, or we yell at somebody on accident or, or we get upset or whatever it is. And we learn from it. We've got to react and we've got to respond to that situation. So how can you be, or like for any of the listeners out there, like how can you truly be aware of your emotions and what are the steps to really starting to be aware of your emotions and how they control your life man that's a good question that's probably far beyond beyond my pay grade um <laughs> i think it starts starts with awareness you know there's some things that each of us have been each person's been gifted with that you're good at some guys are really really positive upbeat teammates or family members or whatever the really outgoing personality like the, if that's a strength that you've got use it um i, I think it be, starts it starts with really understanding like what am I what am I good at like from an from an emotional standpoint from a a character standpoint what are my strengths and maybe not good at is the right answer but it's more about what are my strengths and how how do I how do I make sure I bring those to the table every day and I think the flip side of that is man where where are the reactions where are the places in my life where my emotions come into play and they don't help me out so I think it's just it's this kind of combination of what are the, what are my my emotions? What are my my feelings? What are my character traits that really help me? And how do I leverage those? And how do I become really really aware of the things that cause me to trip or fail or stumble or get frustrated? So I, I think about it. If we're just to go like, you know, if you're if you're a baseball player and you're really passionate, you're really enthusiastic, you're you're always fired up, you're a good teammate, you're an encourager. Like when I, when I'm in the middle of, of a of a slump, if I'm if I'm going through some tough times at the plate or I'm not playing, am I still that same guy that that I was when I was hitting 400? Like am I am I being the same teammate when I'm struggling or when I'm struggling? Do my eyes tend to go towards myself and and nowhere else? Like I, I think it's how do we keep keep the leveraging the strength while working through what we're working through at the same time on the opposite. If you're talking about like, I got to know my, my buttons, right? If, if I start to struggle um, and I get frustrated and angry at myself, I mean, I see this a lot. Guys will take a bad swing or two in the cage um, during BP and the body language completely changes and they start, there's, they're muttering stuff to themselves. Are, are you, are you, you want to tell me that that's a, a positive thing for, for my brain to tell my body to do something the right way and do it well? No shot, right? Like if, if the more times you tell yourself that you can't do something or you're terrible at doing something, you got a shot at actually doing it well. Like mm. we, we can kind of I think, you know, where I'm coming from on this. Yeah. Like we tell ourselves stuff all day long. Are we are we reminding ourselves of the good? Or are we fixating on on the couple times that I took a couple of bad swings and a couple rounds of BP? I think it's just really you asked the question about about emotions. Emotions are great, man. That's what separates us from 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 a lot of a lot of the other creations on the planet.
like we, we have strong feelings that can drive us. We also have feelings that we probably got to be really, really aware of. I mean, how about this one? How about tomorrow? We're, we're both adults. We're not playing anymore. We're trying to, 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 to be, uh, you know, Im- impact as many people as we can from this mental standpoint, from, from just a, what are we here for? What if tomorrow you wake up, you're like, man, I'm tired. I don't really feel like getting up. What happens if you don't go to work tomorrow, Austin? Honestly, nothing besides okay. maybe getting fired. <laughs> yeah, so you you get a you get a sick day, you stay home, you, you whatever. Like I I I just think like even wherever you're at, whether you're 10 or or 80, we've got a choice. Like if I feel a certain way, do I let that change what 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 my day is going to consist of? Because if I don't feel like getting up to work tomorrow, there's going to be some impacts in our life, right? There's going to be impacts in my life. I don't go to work. I'm not going to do the things I should have been doing. Um, some people don't get paid if they don't go to work. Um, th- there's lots of lots of potential consequences. But I, I think we've just got to be really, really aware that my feelings don't start driving how I behave because that, that could be a roller coaster, especially depending on what stories you're telling yourself about whatever you're in the middle of. You're having some tough times at work. You're having some tough times at school. And it's probably easy to make excuses. Just think about working out like. There's a lot of guys that want to play college baseball. A lot of guys that want to be starting high school baseball player. A lot of guys want to play professional baseball. And then it's time to go do the training required to go be one of those guys. And I'm tired. I don't want to do it. My friends are doing something else. Like there's a lot of things that could, could completely distract me from going to the gym, from going to get my, my work in, to go, go hit, go throw, whatever you're supposed to be doing. But we say we want to do all these things, but at times our feelings – and how we feel in the current moment keep us from doing something to better ourselves a year from now. Thank you for tuning in to the Bother Bomb Show. I hope you're enjoying today's podcast. just want to give a quick shout out to some of our sponsors. Harmony Bats, just an amazing bat company out of Charleston, South Carolina. Really just in it for the greater good of the communities, getting into communities, helping that next generation of athletes find some peace, find some love, find some happiness in their game, and just bringing that fun back to baseball. It's amazing to see what they're doing throughout the world, working on some amazing projects, and I'm excited to see what they have coming up next. Check out HarmonyBats.com and use code BILER to receive over 10% off your next order. And then we've got the Positive Vibe Movement. This is just an amazing movement as well, really helping raise awareness for mental health. Um, mental health is so close to my heart and so dear to my heart that I just love this movement. I love what they're about, really helping raise awareness. Everybody's going through a struggle. Everybody has a story, and they're just really trying to help everybody in this world, help them find peace, find love, and find happiness as well. So go check out the positivevibemovement.com. Use code BILER to receive over 10% off of your next order. Because everybody wants to be a big leaguer. Everybody wants to play Division One college baseball on the highest stage in Omaha. Everybody wants to have all the accolades. They want to lead the league in homers, strikeouts, whatever it is. But not everybody is willing to put in the work. And when it comes down to it, if you're not willing to put in the work, you're never going to get there. That's the ultimate thing. We have a ton of kids DMing us and just asking us in general, like, hey, man, how do I get to college? Or how do I play professional baseball? And my very first answer is, well, dude, one, like, how bad do you want it? You've got to work your butt off. Like, it's not given to you. Just because somebody has the most skill in the world doesn't mean they're even going to play college baseball. They may get away with it for a few years and be able to go play college and somebody see something in them to where, hey, it extends your career for a little bit. But 
ultimately, if you're not willing to put in the work day to day, you're not going to get to the highest level. And, yep. and you, you've spent a lot of time around the Giants um, as of recent, at least in spring training, and you've been able to see that firsthand of, from the minor league standpoint and the major league standpoint of what type of work and dedication it takes to be the best. Like, that's no slouch. Being there from 6 a.m. to 6 at night is no slouch. Like, getting up, yep. getting your work in, being able to show up for four hours of early work, go get lunch, and then go play a ball game for three and a half hours – it takes a special type of person to get through that, to grind through that, and somehow come out on top, ultimately, hopefully, as everybody's goal to play in the major leagues. And we know that doesn't happen, man. And that's our goal as adults, you and I, is to help athletes find their transition, to find the mental skills necessary to be ready for that next level, whether that's baseball or life, whether it's business or you're going into art, whatever it is. You've got to be ready to tackle the real world because it's going to throw a lot at you. You're going to be feeling like you're in a hurricane sometimes and you're lost in the swamp. But in reality, if you've got the mental tools and, and a toolkit that you're equipped with, you're going to be able to handle that a little bit better. And that kind of leads into this next question, man, is, is reaction versus responding. And you mentioned it earlier how, hey, man, we can either react or we can respond. And it's a huge deal in my mind because – Every day we're faced with challenges, we're faced with adversity, we're faced with different trials and tribulations that we can either react to or respond to. And can you just go into a little detail, man, about what that means? Like, what's the difference between reacting to a situation and responding to a situation? Yeah, I think I think there's probably there's a pretty big gap between the two. Uh, we have opportunities to react all day long. I think of, of a reaction um the best places for us to react are when I when I'm um looking for a, a you know I'm sitting on a pitch <laughs> as a hitter I'm sitting on a on a fastball and and the guy throws me a breaking ball but it's hanging it's up and I can react and and I'm able to hit it um I think there's some places where reactions are good like we want to be fast twitch from an athlete standpoint we want to be able to move uh, th th there's some also some reactionary nature in our in our lives where um you know, somebody somebody says something hurtful for, to you. Um, are you going to react with a a, a immediate response uh, and fire back and and now start a battle, or are you going to respond in a way that shows some some love, compassion, and grace? Um, am I going to allow? Um, you know, I, I I go let's let's go back to baseball and and I go 0 for one my first at bat. I hit a line drive to short, but I'm pissed because I got out. And now I start telling myself this, that, the other, and, and I go, I, I'm, I'm going up for my second at bat, still stewing on the first at bat. I've reacted from that, right? My response to the first at bat, if I'm thinking from a lens of, of hope and, and forward looking, like the response in that moment of at bat, to, at bat one to two would be, man, I hit that ball hard. I saw that pitch well. Uh, I've seen everything he has. Uh, whatever that whatever the details are like it's got me more prepared for the second at bat than I was my first time let's go um, instead of you know what he punched me out on a breaking ball uh, that pitch wasn't a strike uh, my, my thought process can be very reactive or it can be, be very forward looking you want to go to to scripture or or the, the, the word um, you know Hebrews 11 one says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen like if, if I if I if I wake up with the mindset again that, that today is what I'm supposed to have today's the day that God designed for me, uh, I'm I'm more capable of responding to what happens, understanding that this is the way it's supposed to be today. 
I don't need to let my emotions grip me. I don't have to get too high or too low uh, when things happen, but I can respond in a way that, that I'm reminded that there's hope beyond today. There's hope beyond this place. There's a plan. There's a purpose. All that, all that stuff um, is hugely important. But when you break it down to the day-to-day within baseball or within work or within a relationship, um, stuff's going to go wrong. And are you going to be reactive and play the emotional roller coaster ride? Or do we take a pause? Do we take a breath? Do we reflect? And then put together a thoughtful response, a response that, that helps us push forward uh, and not necessarily – like I think sometimes we react in ways in, in, in life, off the field, in relationships that doesn't – it it doesn't just not only help us go forward, it actually takes us backwards, right? Like the more times I tell myself I, I can't do something or I suck at something because I, I'm reacting to how I failed or came up short, like all I do is keep helping, I keep pushing myself backwards instead of, okay, this happened, where are we going from here? Okay, this happened, where are we going from here? I don't know if that answers your question. But. No, it makes me want to run through a wall because I'm so amped up right now. I'm just <laughs> pumped. Like that is the realest thing in the world, man. Like you have two options after you strike out, after you make a play, after you make an error, whatever it is, you have two options every day. And you can either run through that wall, you can tackle the obstacles and, and be there mentally, be locked in, or you can let it affect your entire game, your entire career and your entire life eventually. And playing the victim is never the good case. I mean, there's times where, yeah, maybe we are the victim. Maybe we're we're at the wrong side of the road when something bad happens and we're in just the wrong situation. But why play the victim, man? It, it does nothing for us personally, um, in our lives, for other people, nothing for us at all. It just drags other people down and it's almost like uh, the energy bus, uh, John Gordon's book. And it was one of the first bus, bus, uh, books I've ever read. And it's the negative energy versus the positive energy. And what you're putting into the world, you get out. And just knowing that, knowing that you can react to situations in a more positive light is big time, man. And that fires me up. So going off of that, though, what is the most common inhibitor to athletes in their performance? Like, what holds us back? Yeah, that's that's another good question. You've got you've got some some questions lined up, huh? Um, I have a few, but you may have sparked some more. <laughs> I could go for 10 hours, man, with you. I just go, I go back to, to finish up on that last question. You talked, you know, we can react, we can respond, we can choose joy, we can choose hope, we can choose negativity, we can choose complaining. Like, we get the choice. Uh, and I think, you know, being being grounded in a, in a place where you know what you're here for, you know there's a, a bigger purpose is so important in that, to, to, to look to joy, to look to hope to look to, to those around you and like, how can I be a good teammate in the midst of my struggles? And that can apply to your personal, professional, whatever part of life you're in. It's not just a baseball thing. But I, I think I'm going to ask you one question and we'll go back to, to what you asked me. I'm not going to forget. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you why, why this is kind of random, but why do, do you see so many kids, so, so many teams, this is baseball specific, that a player strikes out and after striking out, he, he's instructed to sprint back to the dugout. Can, can you help me fill in the blanks on that? I know I'm catching you off guard, but why does that why does that happen? Well, one, I'll never understand why that happens, because if I'm striking out, there's no way I'm sprinting to get back into the dugout. I'm going to milk my time on the way back. Um, <laughs> but I think it comes from a 
just a false sense of reality, starting with the coaching staff. And I think that they have something to play with that too. Like, hey, man, why are we sprinting in the dugout? And I think it comes from a lack of confidence from the kid. Maybe he doesn't want to be seen walking back for so long, or maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable, so he wants to sprint and get back in the dugout. I'm not quite sure, but I think it's something that is somewhat common in youth sports, at least, from what I've yeah. seen now more recently, being in it a little more. And it's kind of just it's it's odd to me. I'm like, man, why would you be so rushed to get back to the dugout, man? Like this on that way back, that's your time to think about it. Get in the dugout, think about it. And once you cross that line, flush it. It's game over. Like we can evaluate that at bat, the pitches that I swung at, the pitches that I took, whatever happened, you know, like we can't yeah. control that anymore. But we can evaluate that on our way back and in the dugout. But once we get out to the field, it's go time and we gotta flip that switch and be ready to go. I'm with I'm with you. I, I look at that and it makes me really wonder. I see it a lot, um, and not just at the lower lower like youth levels. I see it in high school, uh, in in a few places, not a lot, but it makes me really wonder. Because is there a more embarrassing thing? You talk about react versus response. Is there like the the most like I got beat the 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 most publicly uh, visible place where you get beaten as a hitter is when you get struck you get you strike out right. Like yeah. either you get called out because you didn't swing or you get blown by you or you get fooled on something and you're just one on one. You got beat. And, and I think like the reaction there is to to beat yourself up probably more than is necessary. But I bring up the sprint back thing because I just don't think the sprint back gives the young any, any hitter enough time to process what happened. Like our goal with our, our hitters at, at the high school or, or the club team that, that I'm a part of. Like, let's walk back to the dugout. And by the time my, my, the metal spikes hit the dugout, or the, the concrete, and you hear that noise, like that's step one in moving on from the at-bat. So let's process like, all right, I, I got punched out. The at-bat's now over. I'm in the dugout. My spikes hit the concrete on to phase two. And then it's like, all right, well, what, how did he get me? Did I take a pitch I shouldn't have? Was I too selective? Did I miss the good one? I fouled it off and then chased the curb, whatever the process was, right? So then I start analyzing that. And, and I think a lot of times as coaches, we're really quick to want to jump in and, and start to correct. So how do we create a, a, the mechanism, the safe place where it's like, okay, when the player's ready to talk, he's going to, he's going to show me a visual that he's ready to talk, you know? So cleats to the, the concrete are the first step. And then like, let the hitter go take off the helmet, take off the batting gloves. And then maybe once the batting gloves are off, that's a sign that, all right, cool. I'm ready to, to talk now if you saw something let's 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 approach this let's dig in and then be ready to move forward uh but i think from a coaching player standpoint we've got to create these these kind of visible signals nonverbals, whatever you want to call them um that like okay the failure part is over now let's assess and then let's go forward instead of the reaction of man i suck man i suck man i suck i just struck out uh, now I'm going to get my glove and I'm going to run out to the outfield and hopefully I don't kick a ball out there because I'm still thinking about punching out and how bad I suck. So I, I, I would challenge all of us, like, what are the things we're going to put in place uh, as these kind of things happen that we can react or respond to? Like, what's the process? What's the repeatable process that's going to be in play that can help us deal with the failures, whether that's at home, at work, on a field, wh whatever, whatever you have? Absolutely, man. I believe that the coaching staff has a huge role in this. Um, the family at home, parents have a huge role in this. Sometimes it could stem from them. Sometimes it could stem from the coaches or even other players. And I think just developing a process for these athletes to reflect and then be able to respond to the situation. 
and do it maturely. I mean, I remember in high school, I would go in there and I would chuck my bat and I'd go into the clubhouse and yell some words that probably shouldn't have been yelled at that age. <laughs> and I was a victim of my own thoughts, of my own self-doubt. And I was just upset that I didn't get the job done. And so many athletes are dealing with that today, and they don't know how to flush it. They don't know how to cross the line and truly get over that situation. And I think just what you said, man, about being able to process that and have something in place to where, hey, man, once our cleats hit the hit the the, the ground, like we're good, like it's game over. Like let's let's clean slate it. Let's get out to the field and let's make a play for the team. And I think that just goes into being a team guy, right? It does. If you think about it, when games are tight, when 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 the at-bats seem to matter the most, I'm not discounting first inning at-bats because they all matter, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of our most important at-bats in the game come where? The sixth, the seventh, you know, in college, the eighth, the ninth, and a lot of times that's going to be your third or fourth at-bat. So, so how are we, how are we building towards the third about a lot with with some of our guys, we talk a lot about like, let your third AB be the best AB of the day. So what that gives me some freedom to do is, all right, the first time he got me, all right, the second time he might've got me the third time I'm going to get him. And, and I'm building this, this whole process to be like, you know what, my third one, a lot of times it matters the most to the team. Uh, but it, it gives me this forward looking view instead of, Oh, here we go again. I struck out my first at bat or I'm, I'm in the middle of a slump. I can't get out of this thing. Let's keep building to put good at bats together. Let's focus on are we seeing seeing the baseball well? Did you see it well? Did you hit a good pitch? Let's simplify some of the thought process and not to go into too much of a mental hitting talk. But uh, what are the what are the processes like? What's my mindset when I go to approach the day? as a player, because I think you and I both would agree if we could go back to, to 14 year old Austin and 14 year old me, one of the things I would be a big proponent on, on teaching and learning and teaching me would be like, it's, you're going to fail. And, and how do we create some, some ways to, to have it be forward looking and responding instead of the reactiveness and living and dying with every at bat. So maybe I'm hyping on this a little too much, but like that third at bat in most of our games, third about might be the most important to the squad are we prepared for it or are we pouting exactly it's being ready for the situation understanding that you still have another at bat and that comes from from your guys picking you up as well saying hey man we need you if they see you soaking down be a good teammate go over there put your arm around the guy slap him on the butt and tell him hey dude we got you like we're gonna get this you have a big at bat coming up and we're gonna get the job done like it's okay we got this so I mean, going into the mental hitting talk, dude, that's huge because the mental side of hitting, so many people are preaching launch angle. They're, they're preaching where to get your bat and how to do your elbows and where to put your legs and hips and on and on and on. And I think none of it matters if your mind's not right. Like, you've got to have a clear mind. You've got to go in there with a game plan. Like, how are we preparing for the game? Are we taking 700 swings in the cage and tiring ourselves out? Or are we taking 30 consistent quality swings preparing ourselves for the game, ready to hit our pitch, focusing on our approach. So let's kind of kind of get into that side of the game, man. Just real quick, touch on the, the mental side of hitting. Like how important is it to have an approach at the plate? I think it's as important as anything we're going to do um, as, a, as a player. I think what you mentioned, some of the, the mechanical stuff, all that stuff's important. Um, I've got to be able to put a good swing together at a good pitch on time right all, all that swing stuff's great uh but like you said if my brain's not in a good place what's it what's it matter 
Uh, because if I'm telling myself a story that, that says, man, I can't wait to get in the box. I can't wait to, to, to see the first pitch of the day. I can't wait to, to hit a ball hard. Um, my, my odds are going to be much higher to have success than when I go, man, this guy's pretty good on the mound. And I've seen player after player do it. I've done it as a player. So I'm not just making stuff up here. Like as you see the kid that's got a little velo and uh and everybody's talking about man he throws pretty hard what do you think that is is that 88 92 whatever I, you hear it right you've been there you've done it we've seen it uh so if i see that guy i'm like man i can't wait to see the first pitch out of his hand i'm gonna see it well i'm gonna see it well i get in the box and i got a chance i tell myself the flip side is is i go up i'm like man that guy looks like he's throwing pretty hard Yeah, like and all of a sudden like me just saying that my body starts to tense up and i haven't even moved i'm sitting down talking to you right and as soon as my mind starts to go eh eh i don't know e like we start freezing up you know here's the deal i i heard it uh in a service a couple weeks ago um it talked about the, the the presence of anxiety is unavoidable right but but the prison of anxiety is completely avoidable and i'm probably butchering that but we got a choice like being anxious to go to go play and perform is one thing but that allowing that to be a prison that's totally avoidable the quote was from max lucato i think i butchered the quote but nonetheless like anxiety is a good thing for us like to be anxious to go play and compete anxiety because i'm I, i'm fearful of getting in the box and approaching what i need to do that that's a prison and i think we want as many guys I want as many players just to be freed up to go have fun and enjoy the game as long as you can. So back to your point, like I've got to have, a, I've got to have confidence in myself. I've got to have ability that I've trained. I've done all the work. I, I put in what I need to, to bring me right to that at bat. And then I'm going to get in and I'm going to look for a pitch to hit. I'm going to, I'm going to be specific in what I'm looking for. I'm going to look for a big portion of the plate and I'm going to go attack a pitch. And if I miss it, like it's, it, let's get simple here. If I miss it, if, if I, let's, let's, let's say you take a swing you don't like, what's the first question you want to ask? Did I see the ball well? Yes or no? If I say yes, let's move on. If you say no, what do you need to do next time? See the ball. Like if you can't see it, you can't hit it. We're not hitting off a tee. It's not golf. Right? <laughs> yes. So did you see it well? Yes, you did. Okay, cool. Well, did I swing at a good pitch? Like, no, man, I chased. I, I, I swung at an elevated fastball. I swung at a breaking ball in the dirt. So if you answer no to that, what's the, what's the feedback going to be? Swing at a good pitch next time, right? So let, let's see it well. Did I swing at a good pitch? And if I can answer yes, yes to both of those, then the third question is, was I on time? And, and, and if I wasn't on time, what do you think you need to do next time? Let's be on time. So let's keep it simple while, while the ball is moving in the air. Uh, and if I've said yes to all three of those questions, then we can probably proceed to maybe there's a mechanical thing going on. If I can't answer yes to those three things, did I see it well? Did I swing at a good pitch? Uh, and was I on time? If I, can, if I can't answer all three of those things, then let's, let's focus on those things before we start tweaking, twisting, and probably further locking our brains up on what we're doing right and wrong and what we can't do. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%, man. And I love what you said about did I see it well? Did I swing at a good pitch, meaning my pitch, and was I on time for that pitch? I think it needs to be reiterated because – it should really, like after this podcast, people should just be replaying that in their head. Any athlete out there, even any coach, should be preaching this to your guys because it's important. I've heard you say it. I've heard Coach Jay Johnson at the University of Arizona say it. I've heard Paul Goldschmidt say it. That's three pretty dang good people in this baseball world that have said this, and it's not even just my own 
my own self saying this, you know, like, and now I use this all the time though, because it's so real. It helped me a lot when I was struggling. I was like, man, I got to get down to the bottom of this. Like, how does this work? How can I help myself out and, and get some advice? So I had to reach out for advice and that's the advice I got. Hey, did you see it? Well, did you swing at a good pitch and were you on time? And I started to reflect. I'm like, okay, wow. If I make the game that simple, no matter what result that comes out of this, I can give myself the best chance to succeed every single at bat. That's going to put me above Johnny McGee over there who's throwing his helmet because he got out for the fifth straight time or, or Devin over there who's yelling at the umpire about another bad call for the 10th game in a row and it's the same guy and he's wearing him out. Like I've seen it all, man, with, with this kind of stuff. And it's crazy to see how people let the external factors impact the internal factor and the internal self. And I think just knowing how to handle those situations is huge and to control your emotions like we talked about earlier in these situations to harness them in the right way. And it's like yep. you said, it's great to have the emotions. It's great to have anxiety before a game. If you don't have any anxiety for a game, you're probably playing the wrong sport. But let's channel that into, man, I'm excited to hit this guy today instead of, oh, this nasty lefty with a breaking ball. I'm screwed. <laughs> Let me wait until we place the Giants on Friday. Like, you got to really discern those two topics, man, from each other. So, so Palm. For sure. And I, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to go one more place on that. Like you, you, you think of how many times the, that you watch a game and from any number of places while a guy's in the box hitting, how much actual mechanical instruction is coming out of, of coaches and parents' mouths to the kid or the player. Uh, and, and you think about it, like, that's not the time to be thinking about any sort of mechanical adjustments. When I'm in the box, I got to see it. I got, I got to hit it. Like if I'm thinking of anything other than did I see it, <laughs> was it good pitch? Was I on time? We're probably creating obstacles that don't need to be in the way when the ball's in flight. Now, you know what a great time to, to work on some mechanical stuff off the tee in the cage on some flips. That's probably the place to really dig in. But too many times we get into this. And it, and it creates the, the brain lock of thinking about where my hands are at or what I do with my lower half while I'm in the middle of trying to hit an object moving at me. That's a, that's, that's, it, it, it's baffling, right? All the, all the physics are not in our favor to do that well to begin with, let alone with, with an 800-pound weight going in our brain that slows us down from doing what we're supposed to do. So let's free it up. Like when, you're, when the ball is moving, let's just hit. When the ball's on a tee – let, let's work on our swings. Yes. Free yourself of all the insecurities, of all the weights that are holding you back from your Hebrews true potential. 12, one. You just quoted, quoted scripture, right? Free ourselves up from all the weight that slows us down and the sin that so easily trips us up. You just went pastor Byler on us. Hebrews 12, <laughs> I, got, I got a mix of it all, man. Maybe that's what <laughs> I'm truly training for. Maybe that's what God's put me on this podcast to do, man. Maybe I'm a preacher. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Next FCA director. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I learned from the best, you and Beltramo, man. Shout out to, to to Big B, man. That dude's a freaking legend. And hearing you two speak, like, we need to get a three-way podcast going ASAP because that's just so much fuego that I'm just, I'm fired <laughs> up after that, right? <laughs> Quoted on the fuego, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> but no, man, it's awesome to just learn from you and, and to hear your insights and, and to just kind of, one, validate the mental side of the game. Um, and it's importance to athletes today, to coaches today, to parents today and human beings, because it's real. And, and we need to 
to raise that awareness and, and truly focus on that side a little more because it's going to help us overall in life. So, so Palm, why must we train our minds like we train our bodies? We go to the gym, we squat a lot, we lift heavy weights, we look good for the girls, we do our bicep curls, we run, we sprint, but it's very rare to find an athlete, especially at the youth level, even reading a book other than a tweet or a, an Instagram video and all the stuff we got nowadays. So yeah. why do we train our minds like we train our bodies? Well, it goes back to the question that you asked me and then I went back and added on to something else. You asked me like, what, what are the, the, the things that are holding back a lot of athletes that I see today? And I think it's athletes and coaches. Like what, what's the key inhibitor was your question, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I, th- I think it ties into this. Uh, I think what, what lacks the most and, 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 and probably what holds people back the most is their level of confidence. And you're going to be like, mm, is that, is that real? And I, I would, I would challenge us to probably have a real, real good self-reflecting look at your confidence levels. And I'm not talking about being overly confident, arrogant, cocky. I'm talking about being confident that I'm prepared to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. Preparation uh, equals confidence. If I've trained well, uh, if I if I've done all the things I need to do to take a test or to to go perform, I feel confident when I get when it's time to 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 take the evaluation, right? So I think confidence is the biggest inhibitor of our of 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 people. <laughs> it's probably bigger than athlete, coach. Uh, like, do you believe in yourself? Do you believe in your ability? Do you believe that you have value? Um, do you believe that you've got purpose beyond the sport or the thing that it is that you do? Those questions are probably are, are probably a good starting point. Um, you ask like, why is the mental game important in baseball? Why is the mental game important to athletes? I, I, we've got to be really, really, really mindful of how much information goes in to our brains, how many how many thoughts we're dealing with on on a regular basis. Like there's different studies, there's different numbers. You can probably find a, a different, you know, whatever number you want, but there's somewhere between 60 and 80,000 thoughts floating around your head every day. So if I'm dealing with that many thoughts, that's a lot of thoughts, right? Like you hear that number, you're like, man, that's, that's not, that's no joke. That's a lot to sift through. Like what, what story are you telling yourself about, about who you are? And again, this isn't just a baseball thing, in my opinion. It's it's who are you telling yourself you are as a man? Who are you telling yourself you are as a woman, uh, as as a coach, as a husband, as a sister, as a brother? Like, what's the story you keep telling yourself over and over and over about yourself? If I if I'm if I'm if I'm struggling, do I focus on the the failure side of it, or do, do I focus on the opportunity to improve? Um, the, the amount of training time you mentioned, uh, man, we, we, th- there's no shortage on, on opportunities to go train and hit and lift and, um, self-help and, 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 you know, further your education that stuff all exists. Very little talks about deals with getting into the, the how does my brain impact how I perform? Like you can have all, you can have all the, the, the tools in the world. But if my brain doesn't allow me to be freed up in the moment of competition in the sport, you're, 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 you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to struggle, right? There's a lot of, a lot of five o'clock hitters, uh, in professional baseball, right? There's a lot of guys that take BP and mash. And then when the lights go on and curveballs thrown or a breaking ball or change up, 
and it's not BP fastball, the game changes. I'm, I'm convinced that a lot of that starts upstairs. The stories we tell ourselves on a daily basis really, 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 really matter. And they don't just matter to how we perform. They really matter on how we end up treating the people that are around us, which is probably the most important thing that we'll ever do is, is be around and impact and serve people. So when my performance suffers, am I the same person? Am I mentally strong enough to deal with a bad day to, to be consistent in who I am? to be a good teammate, to be a good husband, to be a good brother, to be a good whatever, am I still going to be that guy in the midst of a struggle? That to me is mental toughness. That to me is required in life because you're going to have so many days throughout your life that are going to, are going to have a chance to knock you down and make you question what you're doing or, or, or get you off track. Are you going to be the same person in the midst of those that you are when, when everything's going, going well? And I think we've just got, we've got to train to do it. And I think a lot of that starts with just doing some really, really basic things. Like, what are my thoughts right now? Like, let me start writing some of the stuff that goes through my brain. What are some of the things I'm confident about? What are some of the things that I'm insecure about? How about this? We, we spend so much time at times thinking about ourselves. What if we started out each day and let me write down three things that I'm thankful for? Like, seriously, what if you just start today's date, 520, 2019? Three things. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my 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 calling, my career. I'm thankful for uh, you know pick pick the third. I, we could we could easily go through that. And then you're like, okay, well, what's what's one thing from yesterday? What's the highlight from from yesterday that I want to remember three months from now when I go back to this? And what if we just started doing those three things? Those, write down those three things and something you're thankful for, and then one person to contact today to to just say, hey, thanks. I'm glad you're in my life. What if my day started out with that that little exercise as, as just a reminder of where I'm at, what, what's been provided for me, what God's done in my life already, and then I'm like, okay, let's go. Instead of waking up and the first thought is what I can't do, what I didn't do, what I failed at, what I've got to do, and have this mindset of, of, of again, reaction versus, man, this day is going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. Let me be thankful. Let me rejoice in it. Let me be, be appreciative of what I've got. And focus on the things that are that are going to are, are going to be positive in my life, and maybe not what I what I what I don't have. So, I, and I, again, that's one simple tool, right? Little little gratitude journal. Um, how, how about just being mindful of of how we're spending our time? Like, if I if if I if I had a drone follow you for for seven days a week for 24 hours a day, would the would the video report of your life reflect the priorities that you would write down on paper mm. if, if there's a gap then i'm probably lacking in some mental toughness or some awareness that maybe my, my activities don't align with my prior priorities maybe i need to make some adjustments i say i want to be a professional baseball i, I want to be a great high school baseball player whatever you say you want to be are you putting in the time i, I want to grow spiritually well are you just going to church on sunday or are you doing something throughout the week to, 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 to strengthen your relationship with the Lord once a week versus once a day versus, I mean, there, there's big gaps in, in, in all of those things. Right. But are we, are we really taking a step back and, and am I putting in the time to train? Am I putting in the time to just evaluate what's going on upstairs? The Bible talks about taking, taking each thought captive. I think that's, that's, that's crucially important to understand what, what goes on upstairs and then how that's playing out in my life. And I know that was a long-winded uh, answer to a pretty simple question, but 
the mental game, the mental side of life, just what goes on in our brain, the stories we tell ourselves might be more important than, than what we're actually doing. Because I think a big part of what goes on upstairs in our, in our minds comes out in who we are and how we live. Oh, hundred percent does. And the more that we can just feed our bodies, feed our minds, positive things, whether it's a good podcast like this one, hopefully, <laughs> but like yeah. anything positive, man, like reading the Bible, getting into scripture, uh, a positive book, like I said, a positive podcast, the positive people surrounding yourself with positive thoughts and positive things in your life are going to maximize your performance on and off the field all the time. And it's incredible what it can do. If you're around negative people who are, who are just bringing you down and, and, and warriors and, and they don't give you the ability to be your best self, you're not going to be your best self. You're going to struggle. You're going to face some doubts and some limiting factors. If you're around good people in your life and you surround yourself with the right people, things are going to look a lot brighter in your life, hopefully, um, as opposed to the opposite. So I think just man, really getting down in the nitty gritty, just believing in yourself, um, having a solid foundation that we can rely on, whatever our rock is, wherever we can sprout out our wings and truly grow and fly in this world is so crucial. And I mean, you hit it on the head, man. That's that's a huge tool for athletes and people to use because I started to do the gratitude journal, just a couple of things a day that I'm grateful for. And it changes your whole perspective. It takes the eyes off of you and puts them on the world and other people. And I think that's big. And that's kind of what I want to close on, Palm, is what do you got to do to take your eyes off of yourself? Um, I think of it as a 3D view. So if I look at myself sitting down right now, there's a 3D camera right above my head. And I'm watching myself, my actions, my thoughts, what's going on in my brain. How do you take the eyes off of yourself and put them on other people? And how does that impact your life? <laughs> the, the question's probably not an easy one to answer just straight with one <laughs> sentence, right? Um, like you've got to genuinely care about people. And we're, we're all in the people business. Whatever line of work you're in, uh, if, you're, if you're involved with people, we're in the people business. Um, for me, like I'll look to the example that that is is outlined in red letters, uh, and, and Jesus came to to live, to show us how to, and to die and be resurrected to beat death for us. He came to be a servant. He came to show us how. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with that as an example of, of how we're supposed to do it. But he came to serve. He came to care. He came to 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 spend to be with the people that that nobody really cared to be with um i think a lot of it comes from from genuinely caring about people from genuinely caring um about how people are doing and and investing in in other people it's really easy to walk by someone and say hey how you doing and and, and the hey how you doing becomes like a, a salutation or a greeting right um instead of i'm actually going to take the time to listen to the answer when i ask you hey how you doing Versus that just something that pops out of our mouth like it's hi. We might as well just say hi and, and not ask how we're doing if I'm not going to really park and listen and be available for you to answer uh, my questions. That makes sense? Absolutely, man. No, it's like, like we're, we're part of a team, man. We're part of a big team. We're part of, part of a lot of different teams. Are you here for yourself or are you here for people? The, the more time I spend focusing on, on being a great teammate and serving others and bringing energy and, and, and bringing whatever I'm supposed to bring in that situation, 
I'm not so concerned with, with how I'm doing because I'm focused on them. I think when you become a parent, that, that becomes a, an obvious thing where you, you better be focused on them more than yourself. When you get married, you better be more fo- you better be focused on serving your spouse. And um, in, in both of those relationships, there's times where you put, I put my needs and my feelings second to, to, to both my kids and my wife, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But it shouldn't just stop there. It's got to be, you know, the, the, the stranger you don't know that you meet. It's got to be your teammates. It's, it's how do we just have a genuine care and, and, and concern for other people? Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, is anybody going to remember how many home runs you hit in your high school career, your college career? Probably not. At, at your retirement banquet, at your, at your funeral, if we want to go there, like what's going to be said about you? Are they going to talk about your stats or are they going to talk about who you were? And, and my, my, my driving force on that is like, man, I, I hope that I get to the end of this thing and, and somebody's going to be able to say that guy loved Jesus and he loved people. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I get to the end of this thing and that's, that's, that's the, that's, that's what can be said, I guess that's, that's probably winning, right? hundred percent, man. As always, Palm, you're always spitting wisdom, spitting knowledge and love, man. And just caring about people is the biggest thing. I mean, just being around others and inspiring them to be their best, pumping them up, encouraging others to, to, to do well in this world. You're creating leaders. You're inspiring other people, youth athletes in general, just anyone. And it's incredible to see, man. I'm so happy to be a witness of that. And I'm so thankful for you coming back on for a second time, the first two-time champ. Let's go. Um, But super pumped, man. This was awesome. I I think a lot of people took a lot of value out of this. They got a lot of great wisdom from you and, and just hearing this play out to really just impact their lives, man. I hope somebody takes that gratitude tool and can use that immediately and sees the difference it makes in their life because it's going to be everlasting and who knows who you had an impact on today. So thank you so much, Palm, for joining the show, man. And super pumped to have you back on. I appreciate it, man. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to make some plans for a, a, a part three now since I'm the first two-timer. But and on, a serious, on a serious note, super thankful for you. Just proud of what you're doing, man. And uh, humbled to be a part of this thing. I appreciate you thinking of me and having me on. Always, man. Thanks again, Paul. Perfect. Let's go. Can you hear me?